0: What's wrong? With you? I got nothing for you. What, what, what's wrong? <laughs>
1: Benediction right there. That was so good. What's
0: going on, everyone, and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. And we are your local churchmen, but we are down one uh, well, I should say not a local churchman, down down a regular local churchman. Jack, as I'm sure you guys have known, we've been building up for a while. Jack is on paternity leave. We have given him the month off to uh, celebrate uh, the birth of his. Uh, newly acquired son and uh, i'm sure he is getting absolutely zero sleep along with his uh his his beautiful wife so uh in the meantime the show must go on we didn't want to leave you guys without episodes so i have compiled uh i'd like i'd like to say the i'd like to say the a team Uh, i'm extremely (laughs) excited about these interviews that we have scheduled for this month i hope you guys are too um uh, and today is absolutely no exception. I'm gonna hop right in, uh, and introduce Jeremiah Hurt. Uh, Jeremiah. Uh, first off, let me say thank you for graciously accepting the call to uh, fill in uh, Jack's shoes. Uh, I, I would say. You have uh, some pretty large shoes to fill, but it's Jack, and they're probably a size nine. So let's be 100% honest. <laughs> but I appreciate you being on, buddy. Um, yeah, thank here. you.
1: Yep. Glad to be here. Yep. Humble to be asked, man.
0: Right on, right on, right on. Jeremiah and I just kind of met. I don't know if you can say you met on social media. Like that's that. It's kind of this new thing where, like, did you really meet? Did you not? We we became aware of each other on the socials, and uh, we were even talking a little bit before we hit record. Just kind of the like mindedness that we have for the uh, the love of the local church, the love of a a a life full of non drama. Uh, we like that. Ooh, we yes. try to we try to keep that uh, keep that 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 vibe on our socials as well. <laughs> but Jeremiah, my friend, before we hop into our topic today, which I'm super excited about, um, I want to throw it over to you. And can you just tell tell us, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your family, a little bit about your church, just kind of kind of whatever you want our listeners to know yeah. about you, man.
1: Sure, um, man, it is it is cool to be on here uh, with you. I think you can be friends, even if you've never met, I've become real good friends with Nick Batsik yeah. and I still haven't met him. So Nick, uh, yeah. God, what a stud go. he is. So, um, I I moved down here 11 years ago to plant a Calvary chapel actually. Um, and just moving forward with that. Um, and I, over time, fast forward, I became, uh, reformed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, uh, Church, local church stuff, church split stuff, like down the middle, sure. um, a lot of drama, which I was not wanting to, to have or calls or be a part of. Um, but now I really do. I I belong to the best local church that I have ever belonged to in the history of my life, and and the mm. people. I think it's Ray Ortland that kind of coined the term gospel doctrine and, and gospel culture. Mm. And I am very just. I, I just the grace of God um, in my family's life right now to belong to the church and serve the the church I serve at is it's, it's incredible. And we are a confessional 1689, uh, you know, church membership. Those things are all completely non Calvary chapel. Um, and, and, and just to see the blessing of those things, uh, not just in my life, but into others' lives and in my family's life, my marriage is the best it's ever been. My home life is the best it's ever been. And it's, it's because of just the, the hyper focus on who God is and what he's done in Christ, you know? Yeah. So yeah. six kids, 14 and under, five boys, uh, one daughter who is tougher than them all. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That sounds like my family, man. We,
0: my, my, my folks had five kids, four boys and a girl at the end. That's what they did, man. And, and it's the exact same situation, dude. She, she is, she is tough as nails and uh, it's just, I think it's a life of having to keep up with the brothers. Just oh, kind of, just just really toughens you up, kind of yep, kind of by proxy. It really, proxy. It <laughs> really, really didn't does. have a
1: choice. <laughs> I mean, she's she's always on guard. They're, I mean, they're scared. Uh, yeah. of her. they're scared of her. So. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: I'll never admit it to her face, but my my sister scares me. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely true. Um, Jeremiah, w- uh, what's what's the name of the church and where's it at?
1: Reforming Truth Church, and we call it RTC. Mm -hmm. Uh, for short lexington kentucky uh we're we're a little under 100 people we're being outrun um, overrun by kids which is a beautiful thing our church is actually growing i mean we're not demographic seekers at all zero but we are growing um in the 20s to 30s with with people having kids and so it's it's really cool to see so yeah uh, yeah that's awesome
0: that's yep. awesome. It seems to be yep. kind of the reformed pendulum swing away from seeker-friendly churches. They're like, yep. no, we'll just build it from the inside. Watch right, us. right, <laughs> yeah. right.
1: Well, I was having a – uh, speaking of Nick, I was on the phone with him a few months ago, and they're having the same growth in the same demographic. Yeah. And we kind of were like, well, why? why like, why? Well, we don't obviously know why, but I I think the, they can't be who they are at – at work. Cause they could get fired. They can't be who True. they want to be on social media. Cause they could get fired. Right. They, they go to the gym, they could be kicked out. And then they, they go to their church and you're like, well, of course they can be. who. And, and a lot of churches are going in a certain direction where they can't even be, they, they can't even have certain conversations in their local assemblies, you know? And I'm right. and totally against stealing people from other people's churches, but it's just like people wandering in just like, like a breath of fresh air, you know, yeah. not, not, you know, I'm not a culture warrior. I have spoken on some stuff recently, but that's just because I'm teaching through Romans. You know, sure, so, sure. You can't, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of a big theme. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Um, But also not afraid to talk about it and have conversations about it. But just, just it's like a I can tell they're just like weary pilgrims finally finding a place where they can just take a deep breath and mm-hmm. um, not. Have to look over their shoulders about talking about uh, the truth of Scripture or what's going on in the culture. Also, sure,
0: well, yeah. yeah, no, and and that's such an that's such a huge thing, especially kind of in the like you said, the culture that we live in today. It's and it and it, it really kind of ties into just the the. I think the mentality that you and I share with just kind of the centrality of the local church and that just, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we haven't talked really at length about, about either of our backgrounds, but just, just from the short amount that you just described there, it sounds like we come from a pretty similar place in terms of some pretty bad church experiences. Yep. And then coming into this experience now, with the church you're in where you're like, this is the greatest thing that I've ever, it, I've it ever is, been a part man. of, you know? And it's yep. just that, that level of refreshment yep. is it really can't be compared to anything, I would say, this side of heaven.
1: It it, it can't. I, I want to say something to you. So every day when I'm, I'm done preaching, church is over. You know, I mm-hmm. check my socials. And I don't know if you do this on purpose, but it seems like every Sunday you have this. It's the same post, but it's different, right? Every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, dude, it's probably the most liked and most shared post that I have every week on social media is your oh. post about just like, hey, I know... I know there's reasons that you think there's reasons to stay home, and I know maybe you've even been hurt at the local church. But this, man, this is where you this, you got to go. You got to go. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: No, absolutely, yeah. man. And and uh, you know that those those types of posts really are just me preaching to myself. You know, mm-hmm. I think it was Spurgeon that said that that you know every sermon needs to be pr- preached to the preacher before he absolutely. preaches it to the congregation, right? <laughs> absolutely. And honestly, that that's where that kind of stuff is kind of born out of is just a. There's mornings, man. You wake up and you're just like, I am not feeling it. Like right. I, I gotta go to church and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta try to input into people. And I just, I don't have it in the tank, <laughs> no. you know. Uh, no. But Christ is always faithful, man. You walk through those doors, He gives you what you need in the moment, you know. Right. You're right. Um, and I think a lot of people neglect going to church. I mean, obviously for a lot of reasons, some bad and some, some I totally understand. Sure. But they miss out on. Seeing how Christ can be their sufficiency in that, you right? Know? Um, right. I mean, it's, it's so, just yeah,
1: it's so ordinary, you know, that we're it is, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. beautiful. It's extraordinarily ordinary. It is, yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. It's those ordinary means of grace that, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, like a a miracle every time. They right? are, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Jeremiah, I, uh, the topic that I wanted to talk about today um, is. Kind of when, when we look at the local church and we look at kind of, especially in the kind of the reformed realm, the reformed spheres that we that we live in, I think you see you see a great tendency, and we've talked about this at nauseum on the reformatory. We see a great tendency, I think, to when speaking about the important truths and doctrines that we find in Scripture, especially you know confessionalism and just broader reformed theology and things like that, we see this kind of. This mentality of taking that doctrine, as important and vital as it is, and ramming it down someone's throat as hard as you can, uh, because because I mean, whether it's born out of some sort of zeal or born out of some sort of you know you know mis misplaced uh, you know trying to trying to obviously. And maybe take the role of the Holy Spirit in some in some ways, but 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 you you did a series of Facebook videos uh, a couple months ago now, um, uh, just on the doctrines of grace. And I don't know if this w- was born out of out of your study in Romans or if this is what your church was going to, or if you just kind of had the idea of like, hey, this would be a good thing to talk about. But I really liked those videos that you did and the way that you presented. The doctrines of grace, you know, uh, Calvinism. For those that, that that aren't aware of that of that that particular phrasing, um, because it, it was in a way that I think really put the labels aside and put the doctrine forward as something that's glorious, something right. that's beautiful, and something to be embraced and celebrated because of what it reveals about God ultimately right. and what it reveals about the gospel. Right. So, in light of all that, man, I wanted to talk about today. How we uh not even as pastors but just just as Christians, if we have this belief in these doctrines of grace that you know I would think that most people who listen to the reformatory probably have they're wonderful truths, they're wonderful doctrines and 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 we love them, but we see so often individuals getting into that cage stage that we talk about. And it's often surrounding these particular doctrines because you you learn about them, you're fired up, you got a lot of zeal, and you want everyone to hear about it. And if somebody's not accepting it the way that you did, oh man, like you know, it's on. Ahead, <laughs> you know ahead. what I'm saying? Yep. I would love to talk. Just have a just have a casual conversation on maybe one how we came to believe in those glorious doctrines. And two, if we want to begin to introduce these doctrines to those that don't understand it yet, that haven't been exposed to these truths, how can we do that in a obviously gospel-centered, but also gracious way um, to, you know, I would say avoid people being turned off of the doctrine simply because of the way they're presented.
1: Right, right, right. That's you know? Yep.
0: Um. So I want to throw it to you first you know, you alluded a little bit, you know, coming from, it sounded like a Calvary Chapel background, yeah. uh, which is a far cry from where you are now, yes. <laughs> at least, yep. at least theologically. Right. Yep. And many Absolutely. other ways. Um, what were the things that the Lord used to kind of bring you into the understanding of, uh, Calvinism? And then we can even go, you know, greater, you know, and deeper into, into, uh, reformed theology.
1: Um, it's, I was talking to a guy last night, actually. Um, it, I don't, I haven't met anybody that has come from like an Arminianism background into Calvinism. It's it's like it's never like an original thing, you know, yeah, and, and mine right. is certainly not original. But I do think that, um, and this is all God's providence and God's grace in my life, is I, I say I didn't, but, but again, by his providence, mm-hmm. I didn't put the cart before the horse. So first mm-hmm. off, I, I'm not a Calvinist till late in life, because if I was a Calvinist in my 20s, I'm sure I would have murdered people with my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my story. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And, but I, instead of getting to the doctrines of grace and what God has done in Christ first, I actually went through, and I believe what, to, to talk about later about, hey, how can we maybe teach other people is is to start with the doctrine of God. And I mm. started really mm. studying the doctrine of God. And of course, primarily, because it's not original, the sovereignty of God. Um, and someone said to me, you know, God is the first cause of everything. And I was like, okay, that sounds so true. But if that's true, then that could maybe undermine a lot of thinking that I have, not only about God, but the works of God. Sure. And so teaching through Psalms, I, David, obviously highlighting the sovereignty of God, um, that's, that was, that was the door that opened the door to then just, as I kept working my way through the doctrine of God, I eventually you get, I mean, you get to the works of God and Mm -hmm. I do think they, they just coincide. It's like peanut butter and jelly, you know? Um, and I think sometimes maybe we focus too much on the works of God and divorce it from who God actually is. And I I do think to help people maybe take a chill pill is like like hey let's not even talk about what he's done in Christ yet let's just talk about who he is yeah and and let's get that settled you know classical theism which there's a lot of cage stagey classical theists too sure there's cage you know
0: what dude like I made this point once there's cage stage everything you can be cagey about literally
1: anything (laughs) (laughs) so that's how I landed it took a lot of time it it took a lot of it took a lot of even there was people that are like, "Hey, you're like going to be a Calvinist." I was like, I, "What are you talking about?" That's that, I, sure. I wasn't even a desire of mine. Yeah. Um, but that happened over time, and um, and and yeah, it was through it was it was through doing a really deep deep dive of all in the doctrine of God, but specifically um, the sovereignty of God. That it just when I got to Calvinism, I was like, "Well, this is just this is like two plus two equals four. you know, right. So, right,
0: right. I'm am always interested to hear what what were some of the resources, either books or 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 sermons or or you know people that came alongside you that the Lord used to kind of help 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 guide you down that river.
1: Right. Well, and you know, Twitter is such a dumpster fire a lot of the times, right? Oh, but, sure. Yeah. But when you follow some good dudes that that um, post good articles. I, I was I was led to this guy Derek Rishmali, which I've never met, and I started mm-hmm. reading some of his, it, his. I think his his blog is called the Reform Dish or whatever. And then I, I that led to me following Scott Swain, and and I just and and um man, uh, there's a few others too, but I, I just. And then that led me to not only what they were saying about God and, and, and the works of God, but it led me to books that they were also recommending and, and dead, old dead guys and, and, and right, Bavinck right. and, and, again, Calvin, you know, and yeah. Augustine yeah. and just reading those guys and reading good systematic theologies on, on the doctrine of, of God again. I just, uh, you know, now I've just given my life to that. I mean, eventually I tell people, you know, like, hee, hee, ha, ha. I, right. It's through reading that I yeah. became a Calvinist, and I eventually, as an Arminianist, I uh, I ran out of books to read. Sure, you know? <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, man, absolutely. I, and I think I think that's such a poignant point, too, is I think it was Tozer that said, you know, the most important thing about you is what comes into your head when you think about God. That's so, right? so good, yes. Right, and it's, yeah. and it's such a true statement because God has to be the doctrine of God, who God is. That's where we have to start, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of... Guys and gals that come into Calvinism, come into the doctrines of grace when they're when they're fired up and they're excited about it uh, because it is exciting, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, when but but when it comes time to begin to begin to share that kind of with the people around them, I think they forget the work that had to be done in their minds and in their hearts to get to that spot Right. Right? And so basically they you know, they've been they've been they've been an engine warmed up for a long time. Right, finally got to the destination and it's finally taken off and they expect these they expect people just to start right up and be at the exact same spot that they are. Right. Yes. And it just doesn't work like that. Right. Because if you're going to believe in the doctrines of grace, like you mentioned, that requires that you believe certain things about who God is. Right. Yes. And you have to know who God is before you understand what God has done. Otherwise, it's not going to make sense. And you're going to be trying to piece you're going to be trying to to piece place, you know, pieces of doctrine together without the right source material.
1: Right. Yeah. And you're going to have contradic- contradictory, contradictory doctrines, you know. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, it, it's like uh, I liken it to. You know, I, I, I'm a verse by verse through books primarily, but I also like mm-hmm. to do it like at a high level because I want people to always have the meta-narrative in front of them so we don't, you know, start here and then get here and have all these contradictory. This is why I love systematic theologies, right? Right, right. And it's this, you're right. It's the same way. You, you have to have a right doctrine of God and and then it'll be like, well, if that's who God is, then of course this is how God acts, you know? Mm-hmm. and. Yeah. But if you if you all just if you just focused on whatever your soteriology is, which I will say, your soteriology is your understanding of the gospel, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah Which is why people yep. are thrown off when I say Calvinism is the gospel, and they're like, "Well, that sure. doesn't sound right." It's like, "Well, your soteriology is your view of the gospel." Uh, sure. But you sure. get these contradictory things that you don't even know are contradictory. You you don't even right. know they are because you just haven't. You don't. You might know God is all powerful and that he's everywhere. And you you think he's sovereign. You just you're, a lot of times the definition of sovereignty is, is just kind of not right. But you, you haven't really thought much about immutability and impassibility and eternality and infinity and and, and I man, when you start to really like really I mean, it's a lifelong process, the doctrine of God, you know, and, oh, and you grab 100%. a hold of them. You're just like, oh, yeah. of course God knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, He's always known, that. you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Some of my, you know, when I was first starting to get into, you know, reformed theology and things like that, I, one of the first studies I remember, I remember my dad just throwing an old VHS tape on the on the TV, and it was R.C. Sproul talking about the holiness of God. mm and that study changed the way that I understood who God was. And, and just hear, hearing Sproul in his grovelly voice, you know, just, just talking about how when we think about who God is, we need to understand first and foremost that he is holy and what that means. Mm -hmm. And then from there, talking about that, that means that means he's separate. That means that he's apart from us. Dude, listen,
1: my wife today sent me a text and she goes, what is what does it mean to be holy? And I said, well, you're going to you're thinking probably right away about morally, you know, perfect, which, okay, I say, but it's it's separate. And she, she had mm. never even heard that before. And we just oh, had this man. conversation today, a yeah. uh, Webster, John Webster says otherly. And I love yeah. it. Oh, oh, I love man. it. I love <laughs> yeah. it. I love
0: it. You know, and, and then, and then him taking, and then, I mean, Sproul, I'm a massive Sproul guy. Like I, mean, I have Sproul. been, I have been forever, but well, him ma- him just, just, just like a, a, a master teacher taking that doctrine of holiness and saying, okay, now if God is separate, what is he separate from? Mm. And then me going, That'd be me. That'd be me. <laughs> first of all, he, yeah, he's separate from me and that's my problem, right? Yeah, and then him right. saying now the righteousness that you have because it can't touch holiness. It can't be seen by holiness. Right. It has to be it has to be destroyed by holiness that righteousness now you have has been imputed. It's external. Mm. It's apart from you, man. And just and then that having that as kind of the foundation like you're talking about makes it so much easier to comprehend and to understand the the deeper doctrines of soteriology calvinism the doctrines of grace because you're dealing with a correct understanding of who god is right, right. and then like you say it just it just when you have that correct understanding of who god is those truths become just a natural application like, they well, really
1: well, do it, well of course yeah. right they really do, and I I, I will because uh, his name just came to my mind. But it was Truman. Some hmm. article I read in his a long time ago, where he actually pointed out like that is the that's the problem is people are they're getting their they're figuring they're trying to figure out who who what God does before they're even figuring out what who God is. Yeah, and so yeah. I need to give him a shout out because it, no, nothing's new in my brain right coming yeah. out of my yeah. mouth. But yeah. and I was like, wow. God actually did that for me when I didn't even know, I, I didn't even, I did it correct. I did it correctly. God did it correctly yeah. in me. You know, I, I came to, you know, again, old, there's, praise the Lord for that. I wish I I wish I would have believed the truth when I was in my twenties, but God, you know, protected me and other people probably because I, sure. um, you know, I, I was, I was, uh, I, I, I would have loved to engage in fights, but I'm in my forties. I'm, I'm, I'm too tired for that. And I, plus I I just know that's not the way. Right. So slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And it's like, well, how do you mess that up? Well, by being a jerk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and let's, let's go ahead and get into that. It's, 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 you know we we see it so much definitely online but uh, again online's not a real place like but but like <laughs> you know i can look back in my life and i see the consequences and the the craters that were formed from the grenades that i threw you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and something that i realized very very quickly was that speaking truth in love Uh, actually requires uh tone it actually requires how you say something and it's it's not as some popular people want to say the truth in and of itself is not the love those are two separate things i said i
1: said i said those exact words man (laughs) Tone, tone was the last one i had to just be like okay Tone is important. Sorry. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. It really is, man. Yeah. It really
0: is. And that and that took me, I mean, thank praise the Lord for sanctification. That took me yeah. too long to figure out. Same here. Um same here. but 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 one of the things that the Lord the Lord used to get me out of that. And I and I want to hear kind of what it what it maybe was for you. Maybe it was the same thing, maybe it was something different. Is he he opened up this light in my mind that made me realize that if I'm going to believe in the doctrines of grace, right? The very first one, the T, total depravity, right? Let's start with the, let's start with, you know, Calvinism 101. We are totally depraved. It means that we do not have the ability to discern, understand, believe, or or cherish the things of God, right? Mm-hmm. It means that we are completely dependent entirely upon the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? If I'm going to believe that, and I believe that that doesn't, that that dependency doesn't stop once I'm regenerate, right? Um, it makes zero sense, zero theological sense for me to be upset and angry with individuals for not understanding the truths of Scripture that the only reason I understand it is because God said it was okay for me to understand it. Right. 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 And it, that understanding is like wow. Like the only reason I believe what I believe is because of the grace of God. Yes. Yet I want these individuals to come to this understanding by their own, you know, by their own works. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And having that understanding really rocked my world because I saw just the hypocrisy of what I said I believed and then how I was acting towards those that didn't believe it. Mhm. And that connection just just rocked my world world jeremiah it just it hit me like a ton of bricks it's like man i i tout grace and i tout total depravity i tout all this stuff and you wouldn't know it by how i'm treating other people right. you know what i'm saying
1: right yeah i mean that's that's uh man praise the lord for for that because i mean I, it is fascinating that we're able to do that. Even if we we recognize it in one area of our lives, we still can do it in other areas. And it's, and sure. it's man, I mean, sanctification, right? It's just, it's it's a process. But yeah, yeah, what a, what a well, what a, just a good word in, in all aspects of life that we would just be like, man, everything, I mean, what do you have that has not been given to you, you know? Right. And it's yeah. like, once we do realize that, I mean, we're not ever going to be perfect, you know, processing and speaking to people, but man, we should be doing better as far as gentleness and patience and kindness mm-hmm. and, and love and, and tone, you know, with, with people. Yeah. You're right. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So as, as we begin to think of, okay, so now, you know, I've, I have, you know, I, I, I believe these things, you know, I've checked my tone, you know, it's something that I do want to start sharing with folks. Maybe right. you're a pastor, maybe you're just a member in a church, right? And you want to you want to you want to start having these conversations. Mm. Let's start getting into the practical here yeah. of how do we go about having these types of conversations with folks? We, you know, you you already laid the groundwork for us, and I think it's an absolute must. You have to start with who God is. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially if these individuals have never kind of had an understanding of what, no, what yeah because
1: is, you know yeah because you'll you'll have enough drama in that i mean you start yeah. talking about impassibility and it's it's incredible the pushback on just on that doctrine alone mm-hmm. um, and a right understanding of just the sovereignty of god but i mean impassibility i was like man and, and we should never be in a rush right to to to, to have drama and argue with people, but let's just say that you are in a rush, which you shouldn't be. But if you are, you still don't need to start with the doctrines of grace. You just start with right. God, you know, right. you know, if right. you just right. want to argue with people, you don't, you can just do the doctrine of God for a while. I mean, right. so yeah, right. I, I wrote a couple good ideas down, like, which was start with the doctrine of God was the first yeah. one I had had down Yeah, uh, present God. And you already, you already touched on this too. Present God and the doctrines of grace as beautiful rather than being super polemic all the time. Mm, I like beautiful. that. Beautiful. Right? Yeah. And and um, declare what Scripture says rather than what it's not saying. Again, kind of with the polemic. You know, confidently, joyously, hey, look what it says instead of like, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't do this. Per- I haven't, n- none of us are going to do this perfectly. I. There's a thing that I say that I probably should quit saying it, but I may not. Which is sometimes I'll be like, "Hey guys," <laughs> I'll be like, "Hey guys, this is third grade reading level," yeah. and my wife says, "You should probably stop saying that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: slightly, slightly. It's because here's what happens: you 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 say that, and then you say something that I don't understand, and it right. makes me like, huh, right. "All right. right, if that's third grade."
1: Good to know. I like, Talk to she, she, me like I'm
0: kindergarten here. She goes, well, why do, you,
1: she goes, why do you do that? I said, well, so people see if they're paying attention. I don't know. Maybe I should just stop <laughs> yeah. doing it.
0: You start to see uh, red faces and you're like, oh, so, they are listening. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Sl-
1: slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's so. a Marine Corps yeah. motto that I heard from my yeah. brother. And, um, and then also, no, and I think this is key because we, you and I, you probably can hone in on some of these better than I can. Okay. You have your own. But I think the most important thing is to know that no matter how careful that you you go to not offend people, you are going to affect you are going to offend people. So don't be paralyzed by that desire. You still mm-hmm. want to believe these things. You want to believe them confidently. You want to be able to proclaim proclaim them boldly. And and you could dot every I and cross every T on, on like if I didn't say every once in a while, this is a third or fourth grade reading level, I'm still, there's people are going to get mad. I mean, I grew up hearing that this is a false gospel. Right. So um, even, I know I went through those really fast, but you've actually already touched almost on every single one of those. But man, the beauty of the doctrines of grace, I fear that a lot of preachers are, are for whatever reason, maybe they have a bad history with being cage stagey. Or maybe they just don't want to be labeled as cage stagey. Mm-hmm. They kind of really don't present the gossip, the doctrines of grace anymore. Sure. And they do sure. it, but they don't say the catchwords. They don't say Calvinism. They don't say total depravity. You know, they don't. They don't say unconditional election. They, they, they or, or maybe it's on their website, but you never hear it in their sermons. And I, I've determined and, and purposed in my own life that someone might think I'm cage stagey Lord protect me not to be, but I want to be man. I, these are the doctrines of grace. This is the amazing grace of God. And I, I, I want to grow more in love with him each day. And I don't, sure, I don't, I don't want to be paralyzed or out of fear of what man might think, you know, they might think I am cage stagey. I'm not, I really just love the doctrines of grace, man. Sure.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's having those, you know, it's, it's not allowing that ex- that excitement to turn into caginess, right Absolutely. which i think i think is a is a fine line for a lot of people and yep. it's you know sometimes you know what i have found and it might be different down south but i think it probably depends on the type of culture you're in and kind of who's in your church um i have found it beneficial to when 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 teaching the doctrines of grace it's the same with teaching things like confessionalism or covenantal theology
1: yeah yeah
0: i want to let the bible speak for itself Right. If I know that this person has got a massive hang up on the word, the the, the word Calvinism, because we know that's a hot word (laughs) and everyone and their brother is going to have the different connotations with that word. Right. Right. Sure. I might throw the word out, but I'm not throwing the doctrine out. Right. And we're gonna right. we're gonna show in this, we're gonna show in scripture. Because look, Calvin didn't create the doctrines, right? Right. We don't know right. That. right. 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 Okay. Right. He'd probably right. Calvin would probably be rolling in his grave. He, if he, he would, it. he would. You know, he'd be like, right. You put my name on it? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> are you serious, guys? <laughs>
1: What's funny right. is you and I know that but non-Calvinists a lot of them don't know that. They think exactly. we're like worshipping Calvin. So yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no no we're not worshipping
0: him. We're venerating him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but you know
0: I I have I have found that it 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 is it's quite beneficial. Just in just as a as a as a just as a right practice, right? Let the Bible speak for itself. Yeah. Let the Bible say what it's going to say. All of the doctrines of grace are in the Bible. That's why we yeah. believe them. Yep. And if you are a church that is faithfully preaching the word of God and you're faithfully going through books of the Bible, like like you should be, you're going to hit it. Yeah. It, it's
1: there. You can't yeah. help it. Just yeah, like, I mean, bro- Romans is the doctrines of grace oh and steroids. Gosh, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> what,
0: what, uh, what chapter are you in right now?
1: I am in chapter four. And it's oh, oh four? I, okay, I haven't even I'm yeah. just like ramping oh, up. Oh man. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Eight and nine
0: are, are <laughs> oh, looming on the on the horizon, dude. <laughs> it's like eight's bad enough and you get hit in the face with nine and you're like, oh man, I'm retiring.
1: <laughs> no, I think my title for nine is gonna be Shut Your Mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Who I mean, are you oh man? No. Oh man, yeah.
0: Romans nine and, and Job, man. Those oh, two man. Are just Punches in the face, right? But, but you know, per your point, so many Calvinists. Excuse me, so many, so many Christians when trying to explain Calvinism from the from the get go, they go straight to Romans nine, right? And it's just like, ah, gotcha! Like, like, look what the Bible says, you know. And it's like, you, you, Romans nine presupposes so much Mm. doctrine,
1: absolutely. Yes. right
0: and you can't just take your congregation straight to Romans 9 right. and expect it to go
1: well no especially right? when Ephesians 1 and 2 are right there oh, right yeah. there no 100% you know?
0: you're right 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 it's like when when because Romans 9 some hard truths yes i've been reformed for a good while i read Romans 9 and i'm still like oh my gosh like that is that is heavy paul mm-hmm. like good gracious are you sure that's right <laughs> you know and scripture says that's what it is but i have that foundation that you were talking about Jeremiah that foundation of understanding who God is yep. why he's good and how all things work together for my good as his child like that those that foundation runs to your rescue when you're dealing with these hard truths in scripture and too many people don't want to take the time to shepherd right right and i think that's probably a good a good place to to kind of wrap it up is that at the end of the day, man, whether you're a pastor or not, you have to have a shepherd's heart for these people, right? You need to care for these people's souls and you need to, to, to shepherd them through these, just like the Lord shepherd you. Right.
1: Right. Well, I like what you just said again, man, we're a lot more slimmer than I even thought. Um, When we do talk about the sovereignty of God, we, we need to, I, I, I think I'm batting a thousand the last five years with this. So, um, and, and that's saying something because I'm an idiot, right? But, <laughs> but I'm trying to always say when God is sovereign, I'm also always saying God is good. Oh, yeah. Like, let's not, because yeah. sovereign and in total control of everything can make some people think of a, again, God as a tyrant. And a lot of people actually mm-hmm. have that view of God anyway. Just, just, sure just because of, of who their maybe their their earthly father was right um, mm-hmm. or they see the, the the leaders of nations who are in control of everything and they, they put that on God and it's like mm-hmm. no God is, is is sovereign but God is you know all his all his attributes but he is he is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and I also think with the shepherding I think what we as shepherds need to be reminding ourselves is that the study of God is its own reward and I, mm. I think sometimes we don't do the doctrine of god stuff because it's like well what's the application? Well the yeah. application is god.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 100% man. That's exactly that's exactly right. You know grow, growing up growing up uh you know my folks homeschooled right? So so like Chronicles of Narnia was just very prevalent as it is in a lot of homeschools. Yeah, as absolutely. it should be. Great. You yeah, know so great, absolutely. fantastic. Yep. One of one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite quotes is at the end, at the end of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, right? When they're talking about Aslan, you know, being a tame lion or mm. not. And Tumna says, oh, he's not tame, <laughs> but, he, but he is good. Yeah, that's he is so good, good. Right? Yeah. right. And and, yeah. and it's that understanding that, look, if you separate the goodness of God, if you separate the gospel of Jesus Christ from these doctrines, they are the most terrifying doctrines known oh, to man. man. And they should terrify you, absolutely, because it does depict God as a raging, tyrannical, all sovereign, all powerful being, yeah. right? Who, if hates, that's, sin. who, who hates, hates sin? Who hates <laughs> sin and ergo hates you, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you yeah. if you take those doctrines, this yeah. is what so many people try to do. If you take those doctrines and just try to jump right to that, just just even considering the possibility that the doctrines of grace are right is the most terrifying observation right. that you can make in scripture right. but they are not when you understand that god is good and right. look what he has
1: done for you in jesus so good what what you know the cart before the horse is just a, it's a theme you know we put gospel yeah. before law you know and, oh, yeah. and we yeah. try to we try to get right to the good news and people are like that why is that good why is that even good and i think yeah. we, we do with a lot of stuff and i think we do with calvinism and the doctrines of grace and it's like man let's just slow down. I love what you said. Let's slow down. Let's, let's highlight the doctrine of God. And, um, especially when we're dealing with people that aren't, uh, you know, your audience, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. My uh, my church, (laughs)
1: my church, I just get to proclaim the doctrines of grace, but it hasn't always Mm. been that way, you know? Uh, So I had to be like, well, maybe I shouldn't say the word Calvinism. Um, Sure. now I can, but a few years ago, I, I know people would have just tuned me out. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's exactly right. Jeremiah. yeah. Man, there, there's so much more that we can say. We, sure. We're at time. We're at time. But Jeremiah, I just want to, I want to extend just my gratitude and thankfulness for you, brother. Just over this short time that we've actually had the ability to talk, uh, I just feel such a such a like mindedness and love for you already. I'm, me too, I'm Really Josh. thankful for for you hopping on here,
1: buddy. I at you, brother. Yeah. Thanks it. for having me love on.
0: It. Well, listeners, you know what you can do? You can head on over to all the socials. We are uh, all over there uh, at Reformatory Pod. Drop us a line. We really like hearing from you guys. Uh, if you're on Apple or Spotify, I think Spotify lets you uh, rate and review podcasts now. We would ask that you do that. Last but not least, you can head on over to Patreon slash Pod. Drop us a $5 holla, and uh, your name shall be hallowed through the halls of this podcast. If you hop on there, join some exclusive content, that's where uh, Jeremiah and I are about to head over to. You can uh, listen to us uh, talk about movies and food and sports and some weird band called Goose that I want to, uh, <laughs> talk, to, to talk to talk to Jeremiah about. So, uh, But that's only going to be yours for $5 a month. So head on over there. We'd really, really appreciate it. We thank you guys all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory.